five, four, three, two, fun. Welcome to another episode of the Ready, Set, Pwn podcast, your premier source for everything to do with the Vancouver Titans and the Toronto Defiant. I am Chris at Lightforce, the sweet, sultry voice, coming to you live at the end of the summer, joined virtually by Ani at Ani Strife. Missing in action because his contract ran out on August 31st is Sam at another Sam Chan, because, you know, that's how official we are. We have contracts and all sorts of stuff. But how are you yeah. doing there, Omni? I thought he used a clause to get out of it, of, like, unfavorable uh, situation. Like unfavorable work conditions or something like that? Uh, I mean, that would be true. I don't know if I'm in, in the right spot to actually, you know, talk about it. But <laughs> What? You can talk to me. I won't well, share no, with I management. Can. No, I can't. That's exactly my point. Well, maybe maybe the writing's on the wall. I mean, the Michael, he's he went from working with us at TMS RSP to suddenly working with the New York Excel. Like uh, he's actually in the RSP Discord. If you have not noticed this, he's now NYXL Michael G. So are we gonna go through another like revamp kind of like the Titans did and get a second squad here? Maybe. I exactly. <laughs> you just we'll go silent. You'll we'll we'll we won't have two episodes, three episodes. You, you have to like scour that. uh tier two of the podcasting world. <laughs> Next thing you know, like Sam will just tweet, I'm free. <laughs> <laughs> And then then suddenly I'll just show up with a new podcast crew. Oh, man. Gosh, imagine if that was the case. That would be next level. Uh, But uh, no, we uh, aren't uh, getting rid of anyone. Uh, It's just uh, you and I going into the playoffs. We're talking about playoffs. Playoffs? Playoffs. Aren't doing too well recently in the playoffs. Uh, Not in basketball, not in hockey. What's going on? Well, considering we're recording right now while the Vancouver Canucks are playing, mm-hmm. I'm at a loss as to how that game's going. Um, and it is a team I do follow with some relative fashion, although I've kind of resigned myself to the fact that the Vegas Golden Knights are probably going to win this series and that the mm-hmm. Vancouver Canucks themselves are playing with house money. But we're not here to talk about hockey. And heaven forbid we ever talk about basketball while I'm actually here for an episode. So instead, we'll talk about the Vancouver Titans, the Toronto Defiant, and a whole lot of the Overwatch and Overwatch League. Uh, right. Playoffs kick off this week. Not this mm-hmm. weekend, this week. So we'll talk a little bit about what we should expect. We'll go into the playoffs themselves. Uh, there's stuff happening within the scene. And uh, yeah, you know what? Let's not waste any more time and take ourselves into the payload. Sure. Moving the payload. Join me. So kicking off the week-ish end because playoffs are going to start, or the playoff play-ins start on Thursday. Um, Won't be the Vancouver Titans in the first match of the afternoon. No, they are in the second uh, match of the afternoon. It's the Boston Uprising, Houston Outlaws kicking off the actual playoff play-ins. The Vancouver Titans are going to face the Washington Justice at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, Thursday afternoon. And uh, for those of you keeping score at home, if you happen to have an opportunity to jump into the Vancouver Titans Discord, they shared today, or if you're listening to the podcast as normal, Wednesday or later, uh, earlier this week, that they are having one of those virtual watch parties where the first X number of people that fill in a form, whether or not they join the virtual watch party, get a free skin code or possibly a pizza. Who knows? Nice. So Can you get a your... pizza skin? That would be pretty cool. Like, I 
dress my Reinhardt up, you know, rocking like a ham oh, and pineapple, like a white pizza. Yeah. Like they have the Orissa ice cream. I don't see why they can't have like a pizza skin. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But uh, no, that is happening on Thursday. Uh, I will not be there, I don't believe, because the problem with the afternoon, and for us on the West Coast, it's still work hours, is that theoretically, I actually should be work- working the day job. Can I actually have a conflict? I have work meetings taking place. Like I can't, I can't skip them. I am, I'm kid you not going to be watching the VOD of a very crucial Vancouver Titans match against the Washington justice, where if we look at the seeds and standings alone, the Vancouver Titans should be considered the favorite. Yeah. Keyword should be, should be. It's not a terrible matchup for the Titans. I mean, we didn't really have that much of, of, uh, playtime against uh washington right we played them just mm-hmm. once w- when it was our squad's debut and uh we, we still gave him a fight uh but that was a different team right they had stratus they, they had uh, yeah stratus's both. last match wasn't it right right yeah. i mean and now like all they have is this guy named stitch i don't know much about stitch and then uh there's another guy um what's his name decay i i heard he got cut out of dallas because he just <laughs> Wasn't that good? Oh yeah, that's that's the one that uh, makes me a bit nervous. Uh, yeah, but nobody really knows what the meta is going to be, right? Well, I think the I would hope at this point the uh, players and coaches kind of have an uh, idea of what the meta is going to be. Um, there's been a lot of talk that uh, there is the possibility we'll see Hog uh, <laughs> come into the mix. Um, Ryan Hart, in my mind, is always the answer. I like Ryan. Um, but the difficulty is that, you know, being a, a podcast that follows the Vancouver Titans, the last two weeks, which we would normally look to use, or even last few weeks that we'd normally look to use to set up the playoffs, we kind of throw it out the window. Like the Vancouver Titans finally turned a corner where they actually appeared to have some form of grasp of a, a DPS lineup where you had Dalton on a Sombra and a Shockwave on an Ash. I don't right. imagine that's the DPS meta we're going to see at play, at least not on the current patch. I mean, Maybe situationally, probably not. not. So it again. I I I look at this matchup, and I have to give the edge to the Washington Justice. Um, One, I think functionally they have more depth when it comes to their damage Um, support. I give a slight edge to the Justice, although maybe you know, all things being equal, it's like a fifty-one forty-nine. It's not a significant difference. And then on the the front line. Meta dependent, I give the edge to the Titans, but the thing is, it's meta dependent. Like we need to see a Shredlock, uh, you know, Arissa, um, yes, and, uh, on the you know, the hog if if need be the, 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 the sigma, sigma. Mm-hmm. right? Like I, but again, could it be that dependent on what the meta is that you have what we would see as maybe the potential of a right. KSA Sigma and a Shred Hog? Like I, again, I. I I don't know. Like looking just at the team we all know, right? What did they do in the last playoff situations? Like May Melee, they lost to the Sadiators, uh, 0-3. No, 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 no. May Melee was the 3-2 loss to the Toronto Defiant because it was the play. Mm. No, I mean, not for the Titans, for Washington. Oh, for Washington. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. sorry. And in July, uh, they played, um, they played, no, they they beat... um, 
sorry, sorry. They they lost in May and then they beat the Sadiators in round one. To, and then they got swept by San Francisco Shock. And that was a good showing. But then in August, they lost to uh, Dallas, who didn't have DK, who's now on, on the Washington yeah. uh, squad at 2-3. And he's really the big curveball. Because before that, like, I thought we, without DK, we, we did have a, a, a slight edge Right on the DPS front, I think that Dalton is definitely better than Tuba at anything outside of a Genji, and mm -hmm. I, it doesn't seem like Genji is going to be likely at this point. And I do think that uh, Shockwave is much better than Stitch. However, DK is that kind of guy that uh, can really carry a team every map going in. Yeah. Tanks, I do agree that uh, Janu and Roar. Uh, they like just looking at these names on paper. They sound like they should be scarier, but honestly, it's quite even. Um, maybe a monkey situation there, but then you got to have a Zarya, and John Zarya is not great. I, I don't know. It's pretty even, but supports they have Arc and Aim God. They're pretty good, um, mm -hmm. but it's the decay uh, thing that bothers yeah. me a lot. No, and I, I guess that's sort of where I give that edge is is. Decay is arguably out of the the downshifts. This is no disrespect meant to shred or shredding, sorry, shockwave or uh, to Dalton. Right. Um, Decay is a player. He was considered to be an MVP candidate until such time as Dallas and he parted ways. So you know it's hard to go and and suddenly say he doesn't have the pedigree to continue to be that you know quote unquote MVP candidate. Uh, I didn't mention Janu's name earlier, but I. I you know, with respect to, to KSA, Janu has an edge in what it is that we know of him in the off-tank role, especially right. if the meta plays in his favor. And at looking at the team-by-team -team matchup, Washington doesn't have to deal with ping. Right, that's true. Right, like the Titans, doesn't matter what lineup they, they go in and put into the game, ping is a factor. So that, you know, does unfortunately do the Titans somewhat of a, of a disservice, but the reality is what it is now. Do you think that when, uh, when uh, shockwave plays widow, his ping just disappears. Cause it's no. kind of like magic. I'm not really sure what's going so, on there. So you'll notice that like he, I find that there are games where he, like when he's on widow where he's clicking heads without any issue or when he's on Ash, like you you're like, Oh, this, this kid doesn't look to be on ping. I genuinely think he has become accustomed to what he needs to right. do to adjust to ping. Now where he starts to go and match up against some top tier talent, like a, uh, an equivalent widow or what have you, that's where ping comes into play where he loses out that, you know, microsecond of a click and ultimately mm -hmm. gets dropped first. So, um, is sort of, you know, what it, it ultimately is. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I'm going to, again, going back to my earlier point, I have to give the edge to the justice, even though the Vancouver Titans are the favorite. Um, there's just too many question marks. I know Sam would be here. He'd be like, ah, oh, three O Titans contractually obligated, but there isn't anything about this match that, that provides comfort. Especially when there's so many unknowns uh, and like an unknown meta, a new patch. Decay is kind of like the perfect thing to add to a team in such a case where he's so flexible and can definitely pop up on uh, pop off on any hero. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a challenge, uh, yeah. but you know the Titans uh, do have the benefit of playing together at least in their current form. 
a bit more. And I do believe that uh, our uh, damage lineup is not uh, where the source of our issues normally lie. No, so. it's it's a, like dam- damage outside of the the experiment where they did the right. Dalton Genji experiment forevermore. Um, and for- when they like go up against even like bigger stars on paper, they definitely rise up to the challenge. Yeah. But uh, anyhow, if we had to go and call a spade a spade, what's the uh, what's the result here? I'm gonna follow my heart and say three two for the Titans. Really? Yeah. Is it actually? I is it first to four? Because mm. the so the play in like this is the thing the play ins so. historically haven't been. And I'm actually just looking at the the Overwatch League uh, postseason format right now. Maybe at a later stage. Well, no, it's definitely in the playoffs. I think it's first to four. But mm-hmm. the play-ins, like, is there yeah, any? Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't think it is first to four. Yeah. Well, whatever it is, three, two, four, three. You're going to give it to yeah. the Titans? Yeah. I got See, it. I, 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 <laughs> I, I, I want to, to suggest that. The, I, okay, first of all, it's possible. But I, I, yeah, it's not like you're I, I going think, up against the shock or anything like no, that. It's no, no, I, I, that, that, that would be presumptively the weekend possibility if right. the Titans were to make that far. But I kind of, I got to give this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it's the reverse, but it's the justice, right? Like it's, sure. it's gonna be a close match. Um, hopefully, an entertaining one. I imagine most cl- close matches are, but uh, I feel I just got. The same feeling I had uh, with the Vancouver Titans after the May Melee play-in. Not going into it. Going into it, the Vancouver Titans should have lost easily to the Toronto Defiant. But then Shockwave came in and suddenly it's, oh my goodness. That's sort of where I think the Vancouver Titans might have have the advantage. But we also, you know, we didn't really talk about that. I think Janu is going to be a little bit amped. He'll have that little bit of ch- uh, that chip he wants to feed. Uh, Stitch, yeah. if he gets in, Stitch will want to feed. So... <laughs> Yeah. Maybe is, this will be their downfall. I don't know. I'm just yeah. speculating. But uh, as far as the Toronto Defiant are concerned, they are in a weird, weird spot. We kind of alluded to it in the last episode, but the Toronto Defiant get to face someone. They are not the masters of their own destiny when it comes to their opponent. Uh, the way the seating work is that the Defiant will be playing on Friday. That is the only thing that is guaranteed. They are the team that gets to play whoever doesn't get to pick first. So, and and that's not to suggest that actually, let me rephrase that. They could be the pick. Like if let's say, let's say it's the uprising of the Titans that go through. Toronto's probably not going to get chosen, but if the Justice get past the Titans and, and Houston is there, maybe the Defiant do get picked. Like we don't know, but the the Gladiators, the Rain, and the Fuel all get the opera. Well, not all get the opportunity, but essentially as top seeds, they're the ones who get to pick. Toronto gets to play whoever's left over, which is why, again, we don't know when on Friday, just that the Defiant will play. We don't know who, because again, whatever takes place uh, Thursday evening or late afternoon is uh, what determines the the order. But, you know, let's sort of quickly go and, and, and take a gander here. Uh, Defiant Fuel. If you were to offer a quick and dirty, uh, here you go, and you put a wrench into my plan. I was actually, I actually ranked the three uh, teams as who is the most favorable in my eyes. Okay, and Dallas is actually the second most favorite favorite uh, favorite uh, um, lineup. 
in my eyes. I think they're right in the middle there between uh, the rain and uh, gladiators. I think Oni God is definitely not decay, right? Mm -hmm. But they're not terrible again. Uh, if that if that's like uh, if that makes well, sense. When everything went to skew, like when decay was gone, and then yeah, everything that took place with Harry Hook and then their their coaching staff and and Arrow Antiquity, like. The thought was, oh, the fuel are on fire. And... Like the Titans just destroyed them. But now, like with Onigod, they're playing quite well. He's playing nicely with Doha. And mm. they finished their like last four games uh, the season at two and two. And what? well, they swept the Titans there. And then they beat the Defiant uh, uh, at 3-1. And that's probably the closest thing we have to a match uh, to look at when we're looking at these um, you know, matchups. Possible mm -hmm. matchups, I should say. And when I look back at this game, there was quite a mismatch there at the main tank position, especially. And Gamsu just dominated Numlock in that match on Winston. So, and, and it looks like Winston is definitely going to be a viable pick. So I don't like that uh, uh, matchup. Also, uh, a more surprising uh, problem occurred in that match where Crimzo was basically uh, putting Kariv. Uh, Anyway, he wanted, he just dominated him as well. He had like a poor showing. And Kareev, while he has those really high highs, sometimes mm -hmm. he plays uh, much uh, worse than he's supposed to, right? So maybe it's the risk taking and a more like uh, um, calm, like Ana that has like a very good uh, main tank uh, next to her can outplay him quite well. So that's my point, uh, take on Dallas. I think they're like the in-between team that uh, if they get them, it's not the end of the world, but mm -hmm. if they do, it could have been better. Okay. Well, seeing as you rank the teams, which of those three teams do the Defiant not want to face? I'd say the Gladiators, actually. They See, look... That was going to be my pick. And the reason, just before you dive into your actual right. expansive, justified reason, my reason is the Gladiators are far too much of a toss-up. They're either the Gladiators or the Sadiators. And... I would prefer not to go against the gladiators. You can't run the risk right. that the sad, like, oh yeah, we hope it's the sadiators that show up because when the gladiators show up, they are a top tier team. Especially now, something about how they played these last games. I think in the last like uh, games they played, the only loss they had was against the Mayhem, or themselves are on a resurgence, really. And the most like. Uh, the outstanding player on their squad right now is Birdring, another guy who can like peak at the right moment. And boy, was he playing out of his mind really uh, recently. Again, when the meta is not really settled down, it, it kind of uh, nice to see a guy who steps up to, you know, when, when the lights are brightest and he was really outplaying any uh, player, except for that one game <laughs> where they faced uh, BQB, uh, right. in in um, the Florida mayhem. So I think they're actually the toughest opponent they can uh, uh, face out of these three. Sure. And then uh, the team that uh, we haven't really talked about the rain. Yeah. Rain are looking bad right now. They're on a four game skid, including that loss. We uh, to the Titans. I don't know what's mm -hmm. going on there. They just look bad. Um, well, the, is it the baby Bay effect? Like, you know, baby Bay Ooh. brought some swagger and his, you know, his retirement right. um, might have, like, you think about his impact on the roster. Like, yeah, he didn't, he wasn't a, you know, must have player within the lineup, but we talk about this in traditional sports quite often is you have uh, players that are good in the locker room. Right. Right. And, 
could it be that Baby Bay was quote unquote good in the locker room, provided that confidence, that swagger, uh, that experience, the expertise that maybe is now missing? Maybe it is kind of like where they're, you know, I'm going to use the Vancouver Titans example we talked about earlier on, where we weren't entirely sure who the shot color or the leader mm-hmm. happened mm-hmm. to be. In fact, that kind of suggests that we're still unsure who that would be. If Baby Bay's in, you have to imagine that guy is talking. Yeah. You know, the, 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 Couch analyst in me would say, no, he's not that much of a good uh, carry hero and all that. But but when you do look at the results, right, mm-hmm. they speak for themselves. They definitely look much, much worse. And it is already known as a volatile team that sometimes play plays horrible, uh, horribly and sometimes they uh, really play well. And the way I see it, they had a, like a resurgence, uh, especially at the, you know, the middle uh, of the of the season and at the start. Maybe it's them just. <laughs> reverting back to the mean or or their uh true uh uh you know level and without a leader and a shot caller such as baby bay who might be you know rallying up the troops before every tough matchup and is like the guy that believes and 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 pushes everybody else maybe that's the determining factor for a team mm-hmm. like that so uh yeah and dogman like atomic skull just wrote dogman is uh definitely uh, capable of feeding quite a lot <laughs> That's what the signs say when there used to be these <laughs> yeah. events with people at them. True. Yeah. I so the one the one team that I did not really want the Defiant to face was the Gladiators. Um, obviously, they don't have any say in the matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt both the Fuel and Rain were beatable. Rain being the more beatable of the two. Um, regardless, the Defiant have a, a tough fight in front of them but the sure. one thing that i think the defiant have going for them is they have the depth that's available to potentially swing with how the the meta may uh be approached going into the the playoffs on not uh, the current patch because we'll get into that in the fray but the patch previous um so what does this mean well the toronto defiant have one play-in match to get into the playoffs. If the Toronto Defiant were to win that play-in match, whether it be against the Gladiators, the Rain, or the Fuel, the Defiant are into the double knockout playoffs. The Vancouver Titans, however, they need to win twice. They need to win round one and then get into round two, where they would also face, if they were to win, the Gladiators, the Rain, and the Fuel. So let's sort of go through this experiment again. Hypothetically, the Vancouver Titans were to win. I'm not thinking I'm going too far on the uh, the edge here to suggest that the outlaws are going to get past the uprising. And mm. okay, yeah. sure, the uprising might, but I'm going to go and take a cue <laughs> no, from our won't. friends at the Weekly no, Uprising won't. podcast who went and released their penultimate episode of the season. Ooh. So the fact that the uprising podcast is saying, hey, here is our second to last episode of the season probably tells you the odds that they're putting in to success here. So <laughs> can you out- blame them really? Outlaws and Titans get through. Yeah. I'm going to guess that the gladiators would take the Titans in that, in that scenario. I think the gladiators, they don't want to touch the outlaws. They're probably not going to touch the, the defiant. I think they would roll the dice with the, the Vancouver Titans. Yeah. That leaves, that. that leaves the rain to pick next. Do the rain take the defiant or the outlaws? And I mean, we've both said that this is a this is a winnable yeah. match for the defiant. Definitely the outlaws, I I think. So that would then be fuel fuel defiant, right? Yeah. And again, I 
who knows? I mean, the gladiators could totally go off board and take the outlaws. They could go off board and take the defiant. It, it, it's arguable that if the Vancouver Titans 3-0 the justice and look like a powerhouse team magically, that that yeah. gives sort of that pause. Like, oh, do we really want to to face them? Let's yeah, this contender for the championship this early. Yeah, like you know. <laughs> Ultimately, we 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 obviously don't know, but uh, the Vancouver Titans—they're hard pressed. Like the the playoff round one teams, whether it be the Outlaws, Justice Titans, or Uprising, getting one win to get into round two on the Friday, and like again, you don't have the opportunity to prep. You don't know who you're playing until they pick you, and the opportunity that you get to then prepare is an evening and a morning, and possibly an hour. Like it's, it is it is a tough way to get into the playoffs. Um, but then sort of, we'll talk more about this in the fray. The playoffs start on the weekend. I mean, they have already, they will start on Thursday, but the actual playoff, the double knockout starts on Saturday where the top seeded teams, the fusion mayhem, the, uh, shock and, uh, eternal all get into the action where they get to pick their own opponents, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Off you go to the races. So next week's episode, We'll either be excited to tell you that the Defiant and the Titans have made it through to the playoffs. We'll be equally, but maybe not as excited, uh, equally happy, but not as excited if either one or the other make it through. Uh, or we might be ourselves saying, well, the payload is shrinking in size. Let's go directly to the fray. Yeah, joining the guys at the uprising podcast. So. Well, okay. For we're a roundtable. Yeah, we're, we're not going to shut our seat like <laughs> The weekly uprising podcast seems to be suggesting that they're going to go and take the off season off. Uh, we're not. We're going to stick around. We may adjust our schedule once the Overwatch League season is is fini. Uh, but uh, no, yeah, you can continue to listen to RSP because where else are you going to get hot takes on the NBA, the NHL, and Overwatch League all in the same place? Right. That's true. Yeah. Before we do jump into the fray, though, I uh, wanted to go and mention that the Vancouver Titans takedown tournament is still in full swing. Now, we've talked about this on how many ever episodes previously. There is a variety of qualifying weekends where the top two teams on a Saturday and Sunday find themselves qualifying for the playoffs themselves, the actual tournament. Team RSP got in because... Team RSP is like the powerhouse that it is. And everybody is afraid to even try now because. But that, and that must be it because this past weekend, uh, two teams qualified. I think the weekend previous, I want to argue one team did and they didn't play. Why? Because no one else entered. There have not been enough teams entering, which means teams are actually getting in quote unquote for free. I mean, it is a free mm -hmm. tournament, but functionally mm -hmm. without competition. Now, you follow Ready, Set, Pwn on Twitter. You've probably seen uh, my, and I'm going to concede, it's my opinion on the matter. But this tournament is scuffed by, by any definition. Like, it, I don't know if the Vancouver Titans got bad intel that somehow suggested they'd have 64 teams competing for glory. Like, and I actually, it might even be more than that. Like, you... you it blows my mind that they were hoping to have 16 teams for their actual tournament. They will not have 16 teams. There is no possible way at this point to have 16 teams. Yeah. And then there are two 
and I'm not, you know, no disrespect to to uh, Vancouver related Team RSP, uh, the Alpha Flight crew. Like, you know, these are there are some there. There was the the pickup team that Team RSP faced. Like, there are two what would could be considered tier two teams in this tournament. There is the um, Canadian Ultimate now players, which you can go onto Twitter and learn about their previous name and what it was. And then there is, uh, I think it's called Tim Horton's anime, another essentially top tier, almost tier two uh, roster. And so, so you're saying there's no chance for it. Well, on any given Sunday, there's totally <laughs> a chance, but let's, let's be frank. Team RSP <laughs> is not looking to compete in open division, let oh. alone contenders. I just <laughs> got back into, to, into plot. Maybe. Yeah. So the Vancouver Titans, I couldn't tell you what their intention truly was with this tournament. When I spoke to uh, uh, Jake with the Vancouver Titans, he had asked how, you know, uh, maybe we at Team RSP could help, you know, promote this more. And I told him straight up, I don't know how. We've been talking about it on social. We've been talking about it on the podcast. We've been talking about it and promoting it more than the organization has been. We're not an invested partner. We were never involved in the conversation. Both Vancouver Titans and Battlefy don't seem to be promoting it. And yet you're wanting us to somehow generate the buzz. It's difficult. On top of which we're going to realistically tell you, Hey, you get involved, but there's like the top prize is likely going to a top tier team. And I, again, I'm not faulting um, the Canadian ultimate players as they're now known or, or team uh, anime or any of the top tier teams that are looking to get an opportunity to face the Vancouver Titans. Cause there's a lot in it for them. One, there's money. I mean, you got to consider right. these are, these are players who probably are fighting tooth or nail to be recognized within the top tier scene, making very little, unless they're a content creator or what have you uh, have part-time yeah. full-time jobs. So money is nice. It helps provide that opportunity to continue scrim, maybe enter other tournaments. Two, the opportunity to face the Vancouver Titans and potentially be scouted by Vancouver Titans coaches or maybe other Overwatch League uh, organizations or or tier two organizations. Like I, I have at it. But how do you promote this as a community event when th- they're not part of the Vancouver Titans community? Like, and that's not a knock against them. Like, it is truly not. The Vancouver Titans needed to have uh, an event that allowed for the embrace of the Tier 2 scene, as well as one that helped engage the community. And here, they've scuffed it as much as possible, presuming they even know that they scuff things. Yeah, I mean, it's not that they don't know how to promote some initiatives. They had a lot of success with the previous initiatives, even even with the Froster Cups in the past. But it seemed like uh, there wasn't nobody uh, boosting those signals. Uh, well, but that's the thing. So the Froster and- Cups is a good example. Like you look at, you know, Circle K West Can, like, you know, again, friends of ours. Right. They are an invested partner. They go and they engage with anyone. Like they're, they're active. They're there like responding to people on social, promoting and signal boosting, you know, people. It's good for their brand. It's an advertising campaign. I get that. But why is it that there is no invested partner with this tournament? Like, have you seen anything from Battlefy about this? Heck, myself and then uh, uh, Derelict, who is uh, not only on uh, the Toronto Awful Flight team, but uh, a member of the Team RSP Discord, he 
has been responding to questions in the Vancouver Titans takedown discords or if it wasn't for myself and him answering these questions. And there's a few others. I think um, night is another one who has, has uh, answered some questions. No one else is like, this is, this is what blows my mind. If it wasn't for us do, going above and beyond doing something that we're not being paid to do, it would be probably worse than it is. And that's the scary part. And, uh, you know, look at the Toronto defiant and how they've run their their community events there's a ton of engagement they're an invested partner they're engaging with their community they have they have community leaders who are also empowered to engage and are connected with the organization i'd like to think we at rsp are considered a community leader in in that sense at least out on the west coast the vancouver titans to be honest, don't talk to us all that much. I probably hear more from the Toronto Defiant and the relationship that we have with them is a relatively new one. Right. Like it's, it's, I don't know how to describe it any other way. Even, even before it began in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, uh, I don't want to be like very rough on the organization, but when a lot of the initiatives are handled the way they are, like, it feels like really like a Bush league, uh, tournament. And, uh, not not in a good way like Mm -hmm. if you're not helping yourself how can we yeah exactly and i I guess that to what you just said is the point that i've you know taken an hour to articulate you you know if you don't help yourself how can rsp do anything more and i when i had that conversation with jake from the vancouver titans i'd express that i said straight up it's difficult for us to help you when you're not invested in helping yourself. Yeah. And his response, Oh, we've got a tweet scheduled. That's cool because the weekend that team RSP played, I happened to be away and I struggled to find the information to even pay attention to what's going on. Why? Because the Vancouver Titans had not actually promoted it for the previous like three or four days, a $30 million franchise. And the best you come up with is a scheduled tweet. Yeah. There's, you know, it is, is what it is. And, you know, this is, I get that maybe we're ragging on the Vancouver Titans more than normal. Uh, it's just that as we've become more aware as a podcast of what's happening within the Overwatch scene here in Canada, we have, you know, bookends uh, that are a complete contrast of each other. You've got the Vancouver Titans that are doing whatever it is they're doing. And any of the Toronto Defiant who are engaging a community, uh, they have a lot of content that is created on on the regular. Uh, you've got Carcu streaming, doing VOD reviews and player reviews. You've got a fa- D- Toronto Defiant player there. The Toronto Defiant were doing virtual meet and greets. They were delivering like uh, signed swag to, to people within the community, like our friends over at CA Esports. Um, uh, they received some some sweet Toronto Defiant swag. Like mm. that's phenomenal that the organization is trying to recognize those within the community and, and embrace them and and quite frankly thank them. Yeah. And then well, you have so they require a lot of effort and resources put into them, and um, yeah. maybe that's the difference. Yeah, I don't. I mean, again, we you know just to make it very clear, we're we're if the Vancouver Titans said, "Oh, is that all that RSP needs to be happy is swag." No, that's not it, actually, quite frankly. Um, it's just, it's tough for us because, you know, there are those of you in the community that look to us um, and share your feelings and thoughts. And in turn, we try to do our best to boost those thoughts, share those feelings, um, and and sort of speak for you within the Vancouver Titans scene. Uh, but at some point in time, 
why would we care? I was, I kid you not over the past week, I've been asking myself, why do I care so much about the Vancouver Titans? Cause quite frankly, I'm not getting paid by them. I, I have absolutely no, I, I don't see any path to benefit myself individually, ourselves as a podcast. I would much rather work with someone who is willing to work with us and whomever that might be, I would be happy to, to, to enable you in our podcast um, is all about community. And, and the reason we continue to record, and I know I say this, you know, to the point that it sounds like a broken record. Uh, let's uh, reach out to the Phoenix Suns, maybe. Uh, no, thank you. <laughs> uh-uh. that's, that's the that's the one non-starter, no <laughs> NBA. But yeah, no, it's you, our community, is why I, I click record each week. And it's why we'll continue to provide the content. It's the community that we have mm-hmm. around. And it doesn't mean that you're a Vancouver Titans fan or you're a Toronto Defiant fan. It's just that you enjoy hanging out with us and engaging with everyone. Right. Yeah. And that's what's most important. Let's take a quick break. Allow me to catch my breath, maybe calm down a little bit, get the red on my face, and uh, go into the fray. in the fray where we will talk to the best of our ability about the rest of the Overwatch uh, League uh, playoffs brackets because they have the NA bracket and they have the Asia bracket of which four teams will then find themselves in the grand finals bracket, two from NA, two from Asia. If you were doing the math, you might suggest that that gives an advantage to the Asia bracket. And well, you know, percentage-wise, it kind of does. The reality is I don't see any other means to make this work. But let's also be honest, the pandemic has driven the point home because you have a team like the New York Excelsior in the Asia bracket, a team like the London Spitfire in the Asia bracket, um, and at one point, a team like the Vancouver Titans in the Asia bracket, though they eventually came back home-ish. So uh, we already talked about the actual play-ins kicking things off on Thursday. And that, again, is the Houston Oz taking on the Boston Uprising and the Washington Justice taking on the Vancouver Titans. Mm-hmm. On Friday, it's actually the Chengdu Hunters taking on the London Spitfire to kick off the Asia bracket. Uh, and that is the single play-in. That is the single play-in. So that means the loser of that match is done. They can pack their bags and watch on YouTube because they are out. Now, once the winner goes through onto the weekend, the Saturday, they'll take on either one of the New York Excelsior and the Hangzhou Spark. Uh, again, sort of same you know scenario. And then they play through eventually into uh, the, uh, the weekend-ish uh, and I say weekend-ish because, you know, again, Asia, uh, because they have fewer teams, have fewer matches, and it sort of the double you know, goes a little bit further. Mm-hmm. On the NA bracket, uh, again, on the Friday, we already talked a little bit about, because we were hypothetically talking about the Vancouver Titans, Toronto Defiant making their way through. We've got the Gladiators, Rain, Fuel, and Defiant playing 
one of the uh, Outlaws Uprising Justice Titans, and then the winners from the Friday go through to the weekend to face the Fusion, the Shock, the uh, Eternal, and the Mayhem into the Double Knockout. Yeah, The way the Double Knockout works is very similar to what we've seen in previous Double Knockouts within the Overwatch League. It's where the San Francisco Shock lose a match and then completely go 4-0 everyone else. <laughs> but uh, it gives that most teams that opportunity to, uh, against punch their ticket into that Grand Finals bracket. The Grand Finals will be taking place in Korea. Um, I want to say it's not yet been officially announced, um, but uh, it's it's going to be in Korea. And the way the grand finals bracket will work is you have the top the top two teams out of NA, the top two teams out of Asia. I'm going to gather uh, one NA plays two Asia, one Asia plays two NA. Uh, again, double knockout. So uh, it's possible that an Asia or a North American team going all the way through to the grand finals bracket may actually lose more than once. You again, double knockout in each of the individual regional brackets and then double knockout again on the grand finals bracket. It is how San Francisco meta. Yeah, it is. However, um, not double knockout for the final. And so for us who might have been following the Vancouver Titans last year, we learned that that means that you can actually lose only one time in the playoffs and not have an opportunity to take home gold. You can't say that if you're following the San Francisco shock because they actually lost in the playoffs last year. It still became champions. Yeah. Looking at the brackets, I'm going to suggest that we're going to see the charge and dragons come through out of, uh, out of Asia. I mean, Chengdu is a wild card. Who's knows what's going on and how the bet is going to evolve for them. Right. Um, but I, I don't, I mean, Excelsior have been looking good as of late, but I still think it's the Dragons in charge. Yeah. I'm going to take my wild pick here again, and I think the... Yeah, definitely... Just looking at the bracket of, of who's going to the finals, the grand finals, it's going to be Guangzhou and Shanghai. No doubt about it. Yeah. It, I mean, Asia... It, the problem is also looking at like the way the the region happens to be. The fewer number of teams... And seeing the similar divide that we we're seeing here in NA, um, they but have the definitive top tier. Yeah, they have uh, the three tiers, just like the bracket looks now with the plan, mm-hmm. and then the round two and round three. It's already perfectly divided uh, to the tiers that we have there. Yeah, but it, with the definitive gaps, sort of in. in yes. The, yeah. Yes. And coming over to NA, that's where it becomes a little more complex. Like again, NA to your point has these three definitive tiers. You have your top oh, really? tier, your middle. Well, okay. Yeah, it's pretty much the same here as well. Middle-ish. Uh, yeah. The difference, though, is that only two can go through. Mm-hmm. Now, m- where my question mark exists is that I see three teams. You have the Fusion, you have the Shock, and you have the Eternal. At some point in time, those, like, of those three teams, two of them are going to meet in a loser bracket match. Right, and that—that's the the difference in my mind Oof. is whomever comes out of the out of those three teams, whichever the two meet up in that loser bracket match. I mean, I guess it's you could argue it's possible that they, you know, because again, the San Francisco Shock lost in a match last year that no one had believed it was even yeah. possible. It, so it could be that only one of the three come through because of the structure of the the event, but I'm. 
I'm saying it's one of those, it's two of those three. And if I were to go and put money down, okay, I can't bet against the shock. I'm going to say it's the eternal. I don't know. Like I wasn't thinking that ahead uh, to the show. And now I'm hyped as hell again. Ooh, I'll take, I want to take a wild uh, take in here. Like a boiling hot take. I'm going to say the San Francisco Shock are actually not going to go to the Grand Finals. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I'm going to pick Philly and Eternal. Okay. So really, the only we both are high on the Eternal here. Right. Um, really, the only team that were, were – the teams were different on is the Shock and Fusion. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> I sh- can also see Philly definitely collapsing to uh, Florida. I don't know. This, well, okay. but the, And this is, this is the thing, though, is that the Shock and Eternal will meet up. Like, uh, presuming yeah. they both win, they meet up right away. So mm-hmm. one of those two teams is going down to the, the loser's bracket. Right? There's no way to avoid that. If in this scenario that you see the Mayhem game past the Fusion, the fusion also go down. Now that then throws a big wrench into things because you then will have that fusion shock eternal, like again, that early matchup. But then I don't see if the shock beat the eternal, I don't see the shock losing to the ma'am. I truly don't see how that's even possible. Like I, I, I didn't even see the eternal losing to the ma'am. Like it, they so the, might lose to Philly in the losers bracket if they do meet them there. Yeah. So it, you no, know, but that's the thing. Like when of the fusion shock eternal, to me, it's a toss-up between those three. Like, I, I could not go and tell you this team yeah. has got a clear path. Right. So, and I guess that's where the intrigue exists, right? Because only two of those those three, or two of all of the NA teams go through. The reality Nobody is... Nobody knows. Yeah, it's, it's what it's going to be. But... Now, Oh, go ahead. I have I have a feeling that it's not going to be the, the you know the expected uh, Shanghai versus San Francisco in the finals. True, it the the complexity of the double knockout within the yeah. the grand finals bracket I think changes the dynamic uh, quite a bit. Now, as far as the schedule is concerned, over the course of the weekend on Saturday, for those of you who are going to be tuning in to watch. Uh, Top tier Overwatch uh, League gameplay. Uh, the uh, first match of the age brackets, 2 a.m. Pacific, uh, 5 a.m. Eastern, and it's 4 a.m. Pacific, uh, 7 a.m. Eastern. Fast forward to noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, and then 2 5, 4 7, uh, and then 6 9. So that's Saturday. And then on Sunday, 2 5, uh, 4 7, uh, 12 3, 2 5, 4 7. Six, Those are nine. a lot of numbers. I didn't sign up for this. Yeah. Well, who, who knew this was going to be a math podcast? I just, <laughs> you know, I, I want to respect that uh, we're obviously engaging listeners across multiple time zones. And I want to respect the fact that Vancouver Titans and Toronto Defiant are in two different time zones. So mm-hmm. it's just at this point, it's a whole lot easier. And I'm becoming yeah. lazier as the season goes on. I learned that the hard way when the uh, gauntlet tournament uh, started. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I mean, there is going to be, as I said, an episode next week where we either are happy or not happy and happy to a variety of different degrees, but, uh, we'll then catch you up to date as to all the craziness that will take place over the course of this weekend weekend, uh, when we get back together in our next episode. What else has been going on in the Overwatch League? Well, surprise, surprise, Lulshish was uh, released by the Washington Justice uh, because, heaven forbid, 
that never, like it, it, can I, I get that he was stuck in sort of I wouldn't say visa hell, but stuck in a situation complicated by a pandemic that made the situation a whole lot more um, crazy. The weird part about it is that the signing of decay by the Washington Justice, everyone and their dog knew that was because Lothar wouldn't be making the trip. But the Washington Justice wait until the end of the season and a few days before the Overwatch League playoffs kick off to actually make the announcement. Because I, I get that, you know, officially it probably needed to happen. But, like, it, it's weird. It, it is so, so very, very <laughs> weird. So, again, shouldn't be a surprise to anyone, but that's why, that's how Decay got on this roster. He There's could travel to, of, to Korea. A bunch of guys just sitting on benches in the league collecting cobwebs and dust bunnies around them. Well, it's not the it's not so much the sitting on the bench collecting a paycheck and cobwebs, right? Which is an equal issue in itself. It's just that in this particular scenario, there was no other alternative that would allow for the justice to sign decay, unless they were to go and suddenly release a player that's been playing all season right. in place of one who hasn't, which was not going to happen. Like again, it it's the Overwatch League. It's a pandemic and the various napkins that rules and adjustments have been uh, written down on. And they're now fully Korean too. So this is true, which it seems to be the, uh, the way of the future. If you happen to be following the Washington justice, mm-hmm. what else has been going on in the overwatch league? Well today, and if again, you're watching the live stream, it's Tuesday. And if it's uh, Wednesday or later when you're listening uh, earlier this week, uh, Uber, announced that uh, he is looking for any and all opportunities uh, to um, get involved in casting, which then prompted the holy smokes. What does this mean? Are you leaving the Overwatch League? Now, in his initial tweet, he had said that the Overwatch League has sort of granted this opportunity. And then after people sort of like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, some awfulizing took place because of what happened with casters after season two, uh, he explained that, no, the Overwatch League is a great place. It's just my contract is up and now I'm looking for opportunities. I would love if I get a contract for next season to come back to the Overwatch League. Good for him. I can't see how the Overwatch League would let him go. And unless it comes truly down to money, and I'm not going to deny that there aren't, you know, other um, talented casters out there, Uber, arguably Uber X, him and Mr. X are the, the top tier right. partnership. Like they are the the pair that they brought out for last year's grand finals. They're the pair that gets a lot of the, you know, traditional television time. They are the pair that gets some of the prime uh, matchups. So True. it would seem odd that the Overwatch League would simply allow him to walk. And I, I under, you know, I'm not, not suggesting that it doesn't happen because when it comes to negotiations, there's always two to, to have that conversation. And sometimes the conversation mm-hmm. doesn't work out, but it's just yeah, an I mean, interesting tweet. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, whenever a contract is about to expire and everybody on the talent team, and not just the talent team, but the, the entire uh, squads uh, in the Overwatch League, they're all contractual. So that means that they are limited by time. And that's the time where you put your name out there. And like you said, Uber, even he, I think he won the uh, Caster of the Year award when mm-hmm. uh, the Overwatch League started. So he has the credentials. It's probably not about money, but, you know, he's worth, he's worth, and I think he's uh, actually like a aerospace engineer from uh, listening to one of his uh, 
uh, interviews on another podcast. So he's doing this job because he likes it, not because of the cash that he yeah. gets. But you don't definitely don't want to underpay him or like uh, place a bad offer on the table. Well, and we like we don't know what went on uh, between season two and season three with the Overwatch League, but right. uh, there were a number of uh, uh, casters who levers in uh in the server well in fairness it's not like they simply disconnected no they, no. they technically did not they went back into queue but didn't find a game <laughs> um so and the rumor is that some of that came down to to money and in regards to what was being asked by some and what was being offered and again as with any form of uh, business relationship there are, are two sides that sit down and either come to an agreement or don't. It's not, you know, faulting one or the other. Every you know, party gets to go and make the decision that's best for them. But I, I, I don't presume to think that the Overwatch League would allow for that to happen again. I, I want to see more brought in. Like it would be nice to 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 see um you know like someone like Leg Day may get an opportunity. Um, you know, there there are, are many others out there, but the the point being I, I just Uber is the like one of the people that I would see least likely to leave. Mm-hmm. Unless hey, Egg he gets another gig and all all the all the you know plaudits to him if he does. Maybe maybe they need to sign you and I. Uh can they afford uh, to match our RSP? Considering what earnings? I considering what I pay you and <laughs> Sam, I can assure you they can afford you. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm telling you. I'll, I just changed the car because I didn't like the sound. <laughs> just to get a perspective. Uh, as we all know, Hunter Green is the fastest color. Highland, <laughs> Highland Green. Green. Highland Green. I'm sorry. There's oh. too many H Greens. I'm right? out of here. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. But uh, yeah, we'll stay on top of what's going on in the uh, the casting scene. Uh, but as you know, Atomic Skull sort of suggests in chat. Yes, last season we saw Monty, Doa, Malik, uh, Pocket go. Uh, Pocket uh, of the four. I mean, I, Pocket was the guy I felt that I, I missed the most. I really liked his energy, uh, and it's possible that he might have been more involved in some of the home stands. Like I think he was like in New York for right. their home stand, and he was sort of brought in on a con- individual contract basis. So. You know, we don't know what might have happened, let's say, here in Vancouver, where we are, if they might have had someone on site to to sort of host. Um, never were we ever shared with any information outside of it. It'll be a hype event. And unfortunately, the pandemic got in the way of that. Mm-hmm. And before we go to wrap up this episode, if you happen to continue to play Overwatch, you know, last week we talked about there are a whole lot of changes to deal with sort of power creep that were in the experimental card. Well, this experimental card is no longer experimental. No, it is live. All if I actually, I'm not going to suggest all, cause I can't say I even presume that the experimental with what all the changes would go, would get pushed live, but most of them, if not all have been. So let's actually quickly go through. Uh, first and foremost is how armor interprets damage being dealt by beam type. So the beam type damage reduction against armor health pools has been increased from 20% to 30%. Um, and the thought being is that, uh, it, you know, uh, some heroes have become increasingly lethal. And as such, we're looking to reduce damage outputs, blah, 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 blah. Okay, whatever. Um, 
But let's actually go through some of the hero changes. The biggest one that's impacted me the most, just because I started to play her, is Anna. Anna has seen her her ammo reduce from 14 to 12. You might be like, well, what the heck? Like, how is that a problem? I actually had developed some level of muscle memory knowing how many shots that I had fired at any given point in time. And I kid you not, I'm finding myself getting to 12 and thinking I have one more round. <laughs> and instantly I'm reloading. And at the, like the reload mechanism for Anna takes forever you could listen to this podcast episode in its entirety and anna's probably still in the reload mechanic and it's always the most important bullet right yeah it's just it's i don't get this one i truly don't like i I, maybe at the top tier level that this was one that that needed to be adjusted but like anna's like she doesn't it's not like ash where i can go bang 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 like i there is a, a a firing mechanic that also takes place like i I don't understand the drop from 14 to 12 here. Like, I truly don't. But it happened. Speaking of Ash, uh, Ash's uh, um, primary max ammo has gone from 15 to 12. Okay, fine. Uh, secondary, the Indine Sight's damage has been reduced from 85 to 80. And that's, I think, in relation to the fact of how much we've seen Ash just pump out that damage now, um, especially within in the current meta. Uh, Baptiste, uh, his secondary fire, so the grenade ammo has gone down from 12 to 10, um, so that being his heal, and then uh, the regenerative burst. Uh, the total healing has been reduced from 150 to 75, so it doesn't actually heal as sufficiently as well as it did in the past. However, if you are Baptiste, you'll know at least when you pop that, you'll actually get more benefit from it. So the he actually gets twice the healing. Like in the past, I found that I would pop that but it was like the emergency blanket that I could throw on myself, hoping that the other support would heal me. Mm-hmm. Now I think that that gives him some sort of survivability while also reducing the utility that it provided his team. The junk rat, apparently my, uh, my main, uh, his <laughs> impact damage has been reduced from 50 to Your 40. Grandmaster main. Yeah. A total 130 to 120. Uh, McCree primary fire has been, uh, his recovery has been increased from 0.42 to 0.5. Um, I can't say I've played McCree well enough to even know how much of a difference that would make. Uh, Moira, uh, the hero that everyone loves, uh, her healing. So the lingering heal, which you, gold medals. You, you can t- like, okay, I play Moira all the time. And I know that there are some that think I'm a DPS Moira. Like I, you don't understand the number of times someone will be like Moira, you know, you can heal. The reason that you're probably not getting healed is because I don't have any more to give. And the struggle is that I'm constantly having to rely on the lingering heal to go in and heal everyone. Seeing this reduced from four seconds to two seconds, which actually reduces the total healing from 65 to 35, it's going to be big. So for anyone out there that's going to complain that their Moira doesn't heal, you're going to find that if you're not standing with them, getting that yellow stuff direct on as in a group, yeah, Moira is going to run out because the healing per second has also, however, been increased from 65 to 70. So that at least helps. Uh, but the healing resource consumption rates also been increased equivalently from 11 to 14. So like, you'll be able to pump that yellow stuff out to boost the heal, but it goes down a whole lot quicker. Now, the damage side is the trade-off. The damage side is where that the attach angle reduced by 37%. So that Moira, who is DPS right-clicking, just rolling around the map looking to lock on, uh, will have to work a little bit harder. Um, and then the healing resource gain rate, though, has been increased by 50%. So again, why does someone like me go as DPS Moira? It's because I can get more of my heal back to heal you. I just need to deal that damage. It's, it's the trade-off. And that was a minute filled with excuses and uh, grasping at straws. 
it's always the Myers fault. That's what I've been told. Uh, Arissa <laughs> Halt, the radius has been increased from four to five. So I want to say, didn't this just get dropped and now it's got bumped back up? Like, yeah, I, I could be mistaken here, uh, but the projectile speed's been reduced from 30 to 25. So not only do you get to, while it can grab you from some distance, you at least see it coming for a little bit uh, uh, longer. Uh, Farah's rocket launcher recovery increased from 0.75 to 0.85. Um, so that is the fire a shot, the amount of time in between the next one. Symmetra's primary, or sorry, secondary max damage has been reduced from 140 to 120. So again, she can kill the squishies, but not really beat up on anything more than that with a direct hit. Uh, Widowmaker, I'm going through everything here. Uh, the Widow's Kiss. So the general, that's the max MO, um, goes from 30 to 35. So, you know cool uh secondary fire so scope ammo cost increased from three to five and those scope shots now have up to 50 percent damage fall off uh from 60 to 85 meters i don't quite understand that because it almost occurs to me that this puts ash more into the widow space than the widow like ash was already pushing widow out because of the dynamite the tnt Right. right like now, yeah, you can go and click heads, but your utility has been reduced somewhat. What utility do you have? Uh, yeah, I don't like that adjustment. I think they should have, you know, uh, made her weaknesses a bit more apparent instead of, uh, you know, uh, mitigating her strengths. They should have, like, make, made her uh, more diveable or more, you know, mm-hmm. counterable instead of, like, taking away her uh, headshots yeah. potential. And in the last, but, uh, oops, oh, sorry, there's, there's more. Well, Go there's one, there's one more hero, Zarya. Secondary fire ammo cost has been increased from twenty to twenty five. So essentially, mm-hmm. instead of five, it's four. Um, I've actually been playing a lot of Zarya recently, so mm-hmm. I've been uh, trying to. Anytime someone hard clicks that Rhine when I'm in queue, I will go with Zarya. Unless it's a map where I think I can abuse the ball mechanics. Yeah, that's a great uh, hero to learn. Um, but yeah, I've, I. There are some maps where I'm like top tier Zarya and other maps where it's like, ah, you know what? I might as well have just gone, uh, you know, any hero, yeah. but, and I can't play many others. Like, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like I looked at those, uh, uh, patch notes once I looked up and down twice, three times, and there was just one conclusion. Lock them legs. That's what it says to me. <laughs> Oh, man. The funny thing is, is that they're introducing this so late in an Overwatch League season. Like, sort of, mm-hmm. I know competitive will continue on. I like, It's it's not going to impact. Well, I would presume it's not going to impact it, anything of the playoffs. Wouldn't that be awesome if they suddenly say, oh, Grand Finals will be on this patch? Oh, that'll be crazy. That's well, I mean, this is the league that introduced a new hero last season going into the playoffs in Sigma. Mm-hmm. Right? right. So why not? Right. Just true. Roll the dice, make it interesting. That's totally what your players make them, want. Make them play on uh, Overwatch 2. Hey, I need Overwatch 2 to come out because I've lost the the bet. Like, ultimately, we're already talking about the, the Toronto Defiance. You could say, Chris, you've won. No, I don't want there to be any reason why I have to talk about the NBA on an episode that I'm actually part <laughs> of. So I need Overwatch 2 to come out. <clears throat> Adam, if you're still listening to the episode right now, I know you've got pull. Make Overwatch 2 get released. Or at least like the beta, maybe. Because then I can maybe argue with Sam that we didn't make the conditions clear enough. 
No, no, it wouldn't be because one would be the release, right? So no, I mean like, like Overwatch one. Oh, one point five. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm genuinely curious how this game sort of evolves until two comes out. Like, there's thought that there might be another map or another hero. It would be hard to see, in my mind, another hero come out going into Overwatch 2. Um, I could see a map. Yeah. All right. Or maybe, heaven forbid, evolving a map into to something else. Like taking, I don't know, like a an escort map and 2CP in it or some some silly stuff like that. Like, you know, some crazy things just to, to mix things up. But... It'll outside of the loot crates and socially playing with the community. It's it's going to be hard to see what continues to keep people in in the game uh, until Overwatch Two comes up. Especially considering like looking at the the lineup of titles that will be being released uh, ever so soon. I mean, how many people out there right now that listen to this podcast are playing Microsoft Flight Simulator? Me, I have it. I still can't get off the ground. But I know you told me use a controller. Um, I've been playing Warzone. Oh, like I, and I've actually, I've not that I'm any good at it. I've actually really enjoyed Warzone. Call of Duty, it's too quick for me. I'm not, I don't have the, the hand eye coordination that the type of skills. Like, it's the reason why I can't play like a Genji or not Genji, a Hanzo or a Widow because the ability to click heads is too difficult for me <clears throat> quick enough. Like, I just don't react well. Um, but then the benefit of playing something like Warzone is that it's this large map that I get to move around with. And if I play in like a, uh, duo or trio or quad, I've also, I can be that supporting character. I'm not the right. one going out and getting the kills, but I can, you know, what I often refer to myself as the bait. <laughs> I'll draw the fire. You get the frags, right? So, yep. And then fall guys, I, we need to have a fall guys, uh, night with the RSP I'm community. That. The yeah. difficulty is it's like the it's teams of four, but I think I might to, get something set up once the overwatch league sort of season is, is done. Or maybe when we see that gap in between the end of the yeah. sort of regional playoffs into the grand final, we'll do, we'll have a community uh, game night. So, you know what that might be fall guys, I think is probably what I'll, I'll we'll, we'll arrange first, but it could be something like Warzone. Heck, maybe all of us get into flight sim. Yeah. I, I have online too. Yeah. But uh, yeah. We'll do something. And again, we're going to, we're going to have some fun. We've already started talking a little bit about uh, what we're going to do over the course of the off season. Um, you're going to see us really have fun this off season. Uh, we're going to get out of our overwatch and overwatch league uh, comfort zone a little bit. Hmm. We'll still like talk. Hans- Hanzo says, expect the unexpected. Yeah. Well, that's also what they say in big brother, but we're not going to lock ourselves into a house <laughs> together and have someone in no. a household. And then the others get voted <laughs> we're off locked enough as is. Yeah, but uh, no, we're going to have some fun. We'll talk, we'll obviously still be your premier source for everything to do with the Vancouver Titans, Toronto Defiant, the Overwatch League, and what have you. But uh, yeah, we've got some good ideas. Because I think, you know, the benefit is that you, our community, um, have what have, you know, inspired us to do more. We've had these co- phenomenal conversations in uh, RSP Discord. Like today, um, apparently I'm giving 3080s out to everyone. Because, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm made of money. But uh, no, uh, we're having conversations. Your wall is literally green behind you. That's because it's made out of money. That's totally what the color of money is in Canada. Twenties, tons and (laughs) tons of twenties. Actually, speaking of money, which reminded me, did you know that we could get Uber to uh, give us a shout out for 30 bucks? Oh, true. He's on Cameo um, at uh, the $30 US price point. And if you don't know what Cameo is, 
Cameo.com, I think is what the, the website is, but essentially it's where different personalities offer up their voice uh, to record like a message for like a variety of, of uh, cash amounts, like Uber's 30 bucks. Some are like, we're talking hundreds in the thousands. Uh, others like Sam, you have, he pays you actually to record. Um, Sam says he'll do it for $25 for our <laughs> speakers. He's not on the episode, but Wait, he's in chat. So right he now. needs to pay us 25. Is that I the think deal? So. Okay. Hi, this, I'm Sam at another San Chan. You're listening to the Reset Poem Podcast. And then, you know, five, four, three, two, that'd be pretty cool. But if anyone wanted to actually have Uber do it for us, and that'll be your gift to us, that'd be phenomenal. Or I think there's other Overwatch uh, voice actors as well. Anyhow, I know a wrestling one that, like, is huge into it. Like, a, if you follow, like, WWE or wrestling, wrestling. Uh, is uh, Mick Foley. Mm. mankind dude love cactus jack like all the different characters he played but he does like all sorts of messages and it's not like oh you're listening to it could be like a birthday greeting a voicemail greeting you could pay like i think with uber it's like three bucks to chat with them i don't exactly know how that works it's that part kind of seems weird now it kind of feels like uh dial one nine hundred such and such at two dollars 99 a minute make sure your parents and guardians have given you permission anyway here we are at the end of the episode. And if you want to get involved in that Discord conversation that I talked to before I completely went off the rails, join us at discord.io slash readysetpwn. It's uh, linked on social, which you can find us at readysetpwn on Twitter, Instagram, as well as on Facebook. If you've made it this far and you are a new or relatively recent listener, thank you for tuning in. I hope that you continue to tune in to our weekly episodes by clicking that subscribe button and whatever podcast application you happen to be consuming this in. Or if you happen to be watching us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash ready set phone. We record most of our episodes um, live. So instead of waiting until the Wednesday when it gets published, you can actually watch us live on Twitch interact uh, as you saw us talking uh, to atomic skull, uh, but also Sam, who again showed up in Twitch chat, but not on the podcast because he'd be busy like that. But any uh, final words of wisdom there Omni, for uh, all of our uh, listeners? Yeah, I have a single word that uh, has been on my mind this entire day. NVIDIA. Not sponsored, by the way. If we were, I mean, if, if NVIDIA wants to throw some 30 <laughs> yeah, I'm sure way, they are. I, oh, I, no. I could put one into my PC. I'm sure it would work. Like it's, and if it doesn't, I, I'd be happy to build another PC. Yeah. Okay, Sam, no, Sam no. in chat's telling us not to be greedy. We'll take the 3070. Fine. Fine. I just Fine. got a, a G9 monitor. I got to get at least the 3080. What did you do with the uh, the old uh, Alienware you had? Uh, it's right there beside me on oh my goodness. Atlanta's Make... desk. So, yeah, okay. At some point in time, we're going to have to get you to take pictures of your setup so we can share it on RSP uh, oh. uh, social and Discord so people can, like, you know, drool over it like I do every time I get to see it. Yeah, it's pretty nice. <laughs> yeah, my, I take a picture of my setup right now, but trust me, it would scare people. I got like junk and crap and wires. Like it's not, it's not pretty. There's a reason the green screens there. It's not to go and like do crazy green screen effects. It's to hide the, the debris that's hidden behind there. <laughs> but uh, final words for me, I uh, enjoyed the playoffs. It's going to be an interesting experience as oh, far wow. as the Overwatch league is concerned. <laughs> Hopefully one of, if not both the Vancouver Titans and Toronto defiant happen to be involved into the weekend beyond Thursday and Friday. You will definitely hear what we have to say in between now and next week's episode. I hope to be able to watch the Toronto Defiant play live. 
going to have to watch the Vancouver Titans VOD unless work somehow changes. But uh, for those of you who are in uh, North America, you've probably also seen an, a long weekend come up. So please uh, do your best to stay safe. Uh, obviously, the pandemic is still in full swing. So in the words of our provincial health officer, here, Dr. Bonnie Henry, uh, please uh, be calm, be, was it, be kind, be calm, be safe, or something along those lines. That's, mm-hmm. that's what we at RSP are asking you to do as well. Uh, we want all of our listeners to remain listeners and to stay healthy as we Oh, go hello. into the season. I have a guest who came just in time for oh, see live. This is this is a live stream benefit. You don't get to know and see the experience right now in a podcast. But uh, for the, our listeners, uh, Omni, who just joined you? It's Jack, my trusty companion. He's so big, I can't even fit him in the frame. Oh, yeah. And Jack is about to go and probably cut you. Uh, Jack being his cat again. If you're new to the episode. But on behalf of Sam, who's in chat and not here on the episode at another Sam Chan on the at Omni Strife, myself, Chris at Light Force. Please tune in each and every week by going to readysetpone.com. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, follow us on Twitch, drop all your was it Amazon Prime gaming subs now? They called Twitch Prime now Amazon Prime. Uh, and all those, you know, bit donations you just want to go and give our way. You can support us on patreon.com slash readysetpone. And at very least, Jump into Discord and have a great conversation with us and the entire RSP community by going to discord.io slash ready set poem. So those magical two words we've been waiting for. Catchphrase. Thank you.